hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me, Da Nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, is it a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Speaking of early, how about that Cro-Magnon, Marty Drywitz? Thank you, Marty, for silky smooth sound. Make me sound like Peggy Lee. What is it, demilitarized zone? Sounds like something out of The Wizard of Oz. Oh, no, don't go in there. Oh, he ho, ho, chimin. Oh, look, you've landed inside God. You're above the little people now. We represent the Oven Army, the Oven Army. Oh, no. Follow the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Follow the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Oh, I'll get you, my pretty. Oh, my God, it's the Wicked Witch of the North. It's Hanoi, Hanoi. So, little G.I., you and your little choo-doo, too. Okay, and we don't have Q laughing at the beginning of it like we normally oh, do. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I love the. Fr um, I listened to um, our last two episodes today uh, uh -huh. while at, while at work, and I loved the the first time we did the whole like pause and you had the intermission theme and yeah. we were just talking about doing shots and stuff. That was fun. <laughs> my, my remix of the of the. Uh, Shot song. Well, actually, it's the intermission song from. I, and I might go see that band tonight because that's a, from an Offspring album. Um, <laughs> Offspring. It's, Holy shit! It's literally shit. from the Offspring Americana album, which Todd and I saw them in concert on that tour. Actually, that nice. was one of my uh, favorite concerts. I've. That's like a top three concert for me. Oh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, they're playing at the OC Fair tonight. So Here in I'd Salt nice Lake, it's Corn and Rob Zombie at Usana. Oh, tonight? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, well, I wanted to kind of go see that show, but I think it's, it's playing on Saturday, and I'm going to see Weird Al on Saturday, so. My only problem is it's at USANA, and I hate that venue so really? much. I like USANA. Uh, I have I, never been to USANA. That was I, all after I, I left. I don't like it. Well, I used to I used to work for them. Uh, I was in charge of making all their personal care products, so we would get free tickets all the time. So uh -huh. maybe just, like, I had really good... Uh, just memories, because my second date with Eddie was we had three tickets to the True Colors tour with Cindy Lauper. So maybe it's Ooh. just more the the more the uh, the memories I had there than the actual place. So <laughs> true. Listen, we've got train coming here, you guys. Train. Train. Wow. Train. Drops of Jupiter. Yes. My favorite train lyric is the "I'll run you over with my Volvo" or. Something, or, uh, or a scion, I think, is something like that. It's like a ex-girlfriend song. I try to hit you with a scion or something. I can't remember. I like his half-shaved chest lyric. And his <laughs> sister. That drops of Jupiter is the song that makes absolutely no fucking sense, but everyone knows the words. What a pop song that doesn't make any fucking sense. No. How way. dare you, sir? Oh, I'm I'm offended. Did you see that uh, that Third Eye Blind? Trolled the uh, Republican National Convention. Amazing. No. Yeah. So, so I don't know who, but someone hi hired them to play at their one of their events there, and the whole time all they did was just talk about equal rights and ask people if they believe in science. And I mean, first of all, if you're <laughs> if you're at a third eye blind concert, you're already being trolled because they're a shitty band. Right. But <laughs> I just I read that and I was like, oh, their this most is just favorite wonderful. song is about doing crystal meth. That's true. It'll lift you up until you cool. break. It's about a relationship that was destroyed by a girl on crystal meth. Well, yes. crystal meth. Yes. Yeah. And her little red panties that passed the test. Hey, Todd, who was that girl who worked in the box office who moved down to Vegas? We went and visited that one time. 
uh, over. She worked at the box office of Rogers. It was like Shannon or something like that. Do you remember her? I think so. I'm trying to remember. Rogers was a, a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago and lots of drinks ago. Yeah. But no, we'd gone down. I don't know if you remember this, but we'd gone down to visit her because she'd moved. Her and her family had moved down to Vegas, and we went down. Like we happened to be in Vegas hanging out. We went and said hey, and she was telling us about how she'd like snuck into a bunch of like private um, performances that like companies had paid for Third Eye Blind to come to perform, hmm. and she was basically like stalking them like a groupie, which I always thought was kind of strange. Yeah. But. Oh, you know what I will say, Brian? Though talking about things of the past. I went back to the event center where we saw that you were on the date with a younger sister covering oh, the story. God, that and you this is okay, I will I'm gonna warn you now. This is the story that I never lived down. Todd has the, the Titanic story that he will never live down. This is the story that Todd Navy will never let me live down. I'm just gonna preface that right because now. Because it's deserved. That's not what that deserves. Oh kind of was. So he's trying to go after this girl and she's writing for some which was Slug Magazine thing. Well, it was, it was like an online, um, like, hipster, uh, like, music review site. She, like, you know, it was... Slug Magazine. Uh, yeah, but, like, more underground Slug Magazine. An underground you know version I mean. of Slug Magazine. So, yeah. so yeah. underground, yeah. nobody knows. Was it so actually underground, they're in China. That's how underground they were. Was it actually relevant? I don't know. She ended up like getting paid to work. She she moved to like a different city and was actually writing for them and, and making fun. a living. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, good for her. No. so. And it's there's this space. It's just in um, Rose Park area. And we go there, and there's basically two groups going on. And the last band was okay, but the first one here is this guy just dressing him up. He kind of looks like Al from Tool Time with his guitar and he makes everyone there and there's not what 25 people there brian maybe 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 25 25 people people there and he has all of us sit down cross-legged and listen to him and he proceeds to sing songs about this boy and this bear that run off together but but it was hold on though it you're you're not even giving the full deserve of how bad it was so this is a bunch of hipster 20 something year olds and basically it was like the story time of like this little boy stuck in the woods it was like it was him trying to do like these um uh like it was almost like a kid's storybook so it was like and the little boys climbed down the stairs and plucked the guitar blink 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 (laughs) and then he went to the woods Doop, 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 doop. And he saw a bear. But like, oh, it was fucking horrible. It was so it was, bad. But we were all there. It was so that we couldn't just leave. Yeah, no, because there's only 12 people there. You know what I mean? So if we leave, then we're like a third of the audience walking out on the show, so we can't bail. Yeah. And yeah, and it just goes on for way too long. And then he just kind of just strums his guitar. And then he stops. He's like, this is the part where the boy and the bear are walking over hills. And then he just starts strumming again. He's like unable to actually play the guitar and talk at the same time. It was just, it was yeah. so bad. That sounds horrible. It was. I, I, I would have left. I'm your stronger man than I, Adam. <laughs> I think Brian was my ride. I was the ride, and uh, yeah. And I was trying to help him with the girl, and he was still holding over my head the previous stuff, so I stayed. Yeah, which I'm gonna be I'm gonna be man enough not to bring that up now. I'll bring that up later. Sure. Uh, you've already done it once, I think. Uh, maybe. maybe. All right. Okay. But I went back to that venue space. It was terrible, and I, I did just brought back memories like I've been here before. This is not good. <laughs> I've been in this awful situation. <laughs> 
Okay. So, so DMZ. Yeah, DMZ. Okay, so, so, well, so we're six minutes into this. Maybe we should actually do the introduction. We'll see how much of this we actually use. Uh, well, welcome to Minute 7 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, where each week we pair the finest of cocktails with the finest of comic books. Uh, this week we are covering uh, DMZ uh, on the ground. It's the first trade paperback. It's from uh, Brian Wood. It is... Oh, I need to start looking at the first names of these people. Um, and it is... Uh, the art is by... Ricardo Bercelli and Brian Wood as well. Apparently did some of the art for it as well. Um, and yeah, so we are here um, to uh, discuss that book, discuss some cocktails, and, uh, you know, uh, general random side notes, which uh, is pretty much what we're good at. So, that being said, I had a thought this week that I wanted to get everyone's opinions mm-hmm. on. Um, also, I am, I'm Brian. I'm your host. We'll call this my intro. Um, I, I do sound for some places and things like that. Um, anyway, so... Uh, I was on Netflix this week, and I saw the... Uh, I, I watched, again, from my childhood, Adventures in Babysitting. And I realized that I probably... My first real celebrity crush that I remember was probably Elizabeth Shue. And I was analyzing it, and not only was it because Elizabeth Shue was awesome in Adventures in Babysitting, but she was also in The Karate Kid and Two Back to the Future movies. So, as we go through the panel, I would like to hear your first celebrity crush. Just because I'm curious to see if I'm the only one who's crazy enough to have a celebrity crush on Elizabeth Shue, even though I don't feel like I'm crazy with it. So, um, the the uh, bear musical enthusiast, and uh, we're talking bear as in grizzly, not bear as in uh, Adam. Uh, we have Todd. Hi, I'm Todd. I uh, live in Utah. I work, collect a paycheck, and some of you might hear me occasionally on Funny Books and Firewater. Just occasionally, though. We don't like him to talk I too much. I put back in the cage otherwise. So. We actually have a mute button on our side he doesn't know about. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Keep him from saying anything inappropriate. But, okay, so who is your celebrity crush that you can think of your first one? You know, the first one that really kind of made me go, hmm, what's going on here was the movie Big. You know, I went back and watched oh, this yeah. one the other day. I am amazed at how conservative some parents are and what they let us watch as children and yeah. how much just went way over our heads. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. way over our heads. The movie Big says fuck. He plays with a woman. She takes off her clothes. There's the bra, and he's kind of like, oh, boobs, touching, lifting, dropping. He's like, oh, these are kind of interesting. And she's like, go for it. And he has a good time. Well, yeah. I have a question about that, that scene that I would like to, to bring up. Technically speaking... Is that child abuse? Well, I am still mentally a twelve-year-old, so <laughs> I get it that. can't be, or we're it all can't in trouble. Be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid point. Um, also, still mentally a child of the age of twelve. We have Adam. You bitch. <laughs> Sweetie, darling, you bitch. Uh, hey, this is Adam. I write for Big Shiny Robot, also co-host of the Board as Hell podcast, also in Utah, where we are gearing up for Pioneer Day, which is more important than the 4th of July. Um, What's yeah, more important is Pioneer Day is my best friend's birthday. So. <laughs> Um, yeah. I was really disappointed when I didn't have the 24th of July off, and I kept expecting to have the 24th of July off, and people looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what, what the I hell don't give people the 24th about? of July off now, and they look at me mad. And I'm like, don't care. Oh, people people call my work all the time. They're like, are you guys open? We're like, yes. We don't close, we don't close for a fake made up holiday. <laughs> hey, it's still the founding of the state. It's not fake and made up. It's just really ridiculous. Well, it's, it's pretty much when Brigham Young looked down the valley and he's like, 
fucking stop here before I die of sepsis. Yep. So. <laughs> and what a beautiful place that is. Yes, no, we, we, we love Utah. Idiosyncrasies and all. Um, so, uh, also, one more side note. So, as I said, it's my best friend's birthday on the 24th. So, next year, because he keeps nagging me about going to Utah, I'm like, fine, the next year we'll go for your birthday on Pioneer Day. He is nice. so freaking excited. You should also uh, drag him to um, like a rodeo and the whole nine yards. Oh, honey, he's been to rodeos. He still oh, owns horses wow. and stuff. Oh, he just hasn't okay. been to Utah on the Pioneer Day. Are you going to set out no. chairs for the. Parade two days in advance. <laughs> for the, for the uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously. Anyway, I'm, anyway, I'm sorry, Adam. Please continue. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Um, I would say my celebrity crush. Uh, I mean, because you know, well, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, it was uh, Josh Brolin in The Goonies. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, he Ooh, was good one. Yeah, he was really, really cute and. I was all like, I was like, why do I think he's cute? I'm like eight, but he's a, he has he wore a headband. He, yeah, I'm mean, looking at pictures right now and touching myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was gay. Yeah, I just watched Goonies every single day and dream about brands. So yes, that's mine. And it made you into the dirty old man you are today. <laughs> Oops, I dropped something. Can you pick Oops, it up? I dropped it again. <laughs> it's the oh bandit. no, we now. need to go explore my secret cave, Josh Brolin. <laughs> There's a treasure in there. And now he's the voice of Thanos. He is. And he did not grow up to be an attractive man. Okay, and not the voice of Thanos. um, But But still will destroy you with words. There you go. I like it. Good. You came up with something I couldn't come up with. Not the voice of Thanos, but still able to destroy you with words. We have Q. Uh, So, hi, I'm Quentin. I do a lot of community theater. Um, the past two days, I've been doing the laundry for 1776, and them guys are fucking dirty. <laughs> like, I don't know who's teaching these MFers how to put on makeup, but girl, I had to scrub some stains. <laughs> them, th- those white collars are now purely white. I'm gonna put in a little um, PSA. Grandma's uh, secret remover, it's called. That shit works. <laughs> Go buy you a case of it. It's good stuff. Um, How much Febreze was used? Um, well, I use a lot of Febreze as well. I use at least um, half a bottle um, each time I do it. I do it after every weekend, and it's about a half mm-hmm. a bottle because all the coats are made out of upholstery fabrics and stuff. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> but I, So my celebrity crush, I probably have had earlier ones, but this was the first time I was old enough to be cognizant of I am a homosexual, and that man is very attractive, and it was uh, Jared Leto in my so-called life. Ooh, <laughs> Jordan Catalano, just a big dumb idiot who was really hot. That was like my freaking jam with the long hair and like the necklace that was just a little too tight around his neck, and the thumb ring, and the like sweater that just like held his pecs really nice. Yeah, girl, <laughs> I was I was done. Have you seen the new Ghostbusters? The new Ghostbusters no. yet? No, yeah. not yet. In yeah, fact, uh, just talking with my friends about going to see it tomorrow. Chris Hemsworth might be your new Jared Leto. I'm oh, just dear no, Chris, oh, t- here's the thing. Chris Hemsworth, I'm talking about like childhood crush. I was totally into Jared Leto back then. But Chris Hemsworth, that that man, he is so pretty. Well, you're talking about like big, dumb, and pretty. And in that movie, he plays big, dumb, well, and pretty. That's pretty much when is Chris Hemsworth not playing big, dumb, and pretty? 
Please name me one movie that he doesn't do that in. I'll be honest, I don't know if I can name a Chris Hemsworth I've seen, movie I've seen outside of Star Trek and Thor movies. Did you try Black Hat? Hey, you tried Black, Black Hat and that was horrible. I didn't see Black Hat. I didn't see that one. Neither did I, but it was worth it. But Keel, I will say, you and my wife had the same crush. <sighs> Seriously, Jordan <laughs> Catalano, he was everything. And for the longest time, like people were like, oh, so, you know, who's that actor? Because, you know, he was like doing like a bunch of kind of independent movies and, um, in like you know like the late 90s or whatever and I'm like yeah yeah that's Jordan Catalano and they're like who? like because you know they're not recognizing it I'm like you know Jordan Catalano from my so called life and they're like what? I was like oh how do you not know him he's like the most perfect man ever he can't read you guys feel sorry for him he couldn't he read that read. no he has he has, he has an undiagnosed dyslexia that's why he's such I've a bad boy because read. he yeah because he couldn't read so he was just a jerk <laughs> I think my wife's watched that about once every six months since uh, we've had Netflix. Really? It's been, it, I mean, I own I own the DVDs, and it's like a real old <laughs> copy. Like it's the first time that DVDs existed, and like and had them printed. Oh, so delicious! All right, fact, that was so delicious. I gotta take a shot after that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is the uh, game plan. We're going to give you a quick little preview of uh, DMZ. Um, and uh, if you want to read it, or if you haven't read it already and you want to pause this, go ahead and put a, push pause. It's or a if you read it, read it during our intros. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. If you just kind of plow through it while we're... Yeah, you can definitely read five on. issues in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a speed reader and don't care much for looking at the art, then, uh, you know, go for it. Um... But, uh, yeah, so other than that, um, yeah, well, Todd, since this is probably your recommendation, do you want to give, like, a quick little preview of this? Sure, sure. So this will be the more, most I talk of the whole year. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'll, way to I'll go. even go on mute for you, Todd. <laughs> Please don't. I like your little interactions. So this is DMZ, Brian Wood, R Ricardo Berchielli, Bercelli. I don't know how to pronounce it. I apologize, but... Um, we're reading volume one from Vertigo. It's on the ground. It sums up the first five issues of this 72-issue run. The um, general idea of this, a little bit of backstory before we hop into it, the United States, while being overstretched with wars abroad, has an uprising inside of the U.S. itself from middle of America out. And the uh, middle America is quite successful in a hurry, but they are stopped in the island of Manhattan by the USA troops, and five years has now passed, so the Isle of Manhattan is now referred to as the DMZ. So it's not held by the United States, it's not held by the free states of America, it's kind of a bit of a no man's land, and they're down to only 400,000 people left on the island, and it's gotten a little bit feral, one might say. Um, as the story picks up, is you've got this main character. His name is Matty Ross, who Roth, appears to actually. be related. Roth, Matty Roth. I apologize. No worries. Yep, he's apparently related to somebody important. He's an intern for a news agency of a photographer. He's going to go embedded inside the DMZ. He goes to land, all things go awry, and the chopper he lands in on, and everyone involved dies, and he's left the only one there in the DMZ. He meets up with the person. Sorry, and so I'm really going over the first issue now. Mm -hmm. as it going? Right, and please interject. Uh, well, let's let's call that there. So basically, um, okay. 
we'll, we'll, we'll go on a break here in a second, then we'll dive into the first issue. So yeah, so basically the story is is it's uh, a one-man only press on, in the demilitarized zone where you have um, Americans who are still um, in New York City, and uh, this guy is the only one who is uh, able to kind of tell their story. It is uh, fairly episodic, um, so he's jumping around, explaining little stories. It is all tied together, but it's not necessarily the the cohesive through line that we always see. It's sort of him moving around and checking out, you know, different groups and how different people live. So while we're mm-hmm. doing that, um, before we jump in, so this is your chance to either read it if you haven't already or uh, be prepared because at the other end of this little break we're going to take, there will be spoilers aplenty and we will dive in and start dissecting. Um, so with that, I'm sure this will be the time for Q to take shots and uh, we'll, we'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> speed we've got it on the wrong speed for those of you who are recovering from a hangover that's gonna sound just right let's pull it right back down again. let's try a little faster see if that picks it up a little bit let's get up on 718 those pilots are going right now i really like the music i really like the music i really like the music oh still a bad song hey wait a minute let's try something let's play this backwards and see if it gets any better Freddy is a devil. Freddy is a devil. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He's left Crete. He's entered the demilitarized zone. But yeah, that random side note. We are. Uh, we're back. Yeah, uh, we're back. Oh, complete random side note. I was going to tell you guys a story real fast. So, um, uh, we, uh, before we jump into this and actually get serious about it. So there's a, this, this guy I used to work with, um, and, uh, tell the story and not get myself or anyone in trouble. Um, I work at a, uh, at the theme park wing of a major, uh, corporation, which should say major entertainment corporation. I work for the theme park wing. And we were putting in a, I wasn't at this, but they were putting in a show into this theater and it was open air and the park was still open so people could wander around outside and see this stuff. Um, So there was this guy named Bro, his real name was Dennis, but he called everyone Bro, this really kind of like old sea dog kind of guy. He had been in a motorcycle accident and lost part of one leg, so he kind of limped when he walked to a little bit, but like just one of the toughest sons of bitches you've ever seen in your entire life, right? So there's this guy who was uh, coiling up cable and when you coil cable, you do one side over and then you flip it, in, uh, the other side inside out as you kind of, um, as you coil them together. It's not necessarily the best description, but you're kind of doing what we call over-under so that the cable is less likely to get tangled up or get what we call assholes, which are those knots in it. So anyway, some kid, new guy, was uh, was coiling this. And this, this theater was inside of a, a sort of large open area, but had reflective surfaces all over the place. And so Bro, who is this very gruff guy, is like, over under, bro, like you're licking pussy. And like it just echoed out of the tent, just like pussy, pussy, pussy. And I'm like, I just imagine these like kids outside with like, you know, their mom and the strollers as they're trying to go ride a ride being like, mommy, what's pussy? Anyway, unfortunately that, that guy died yesterday. So I was just thinking about that story. Oh. And so he, that, that, he's one of those dudes though, who you know lived every ounce of his life because he was rough and worse for the wear and he had the mileage on it but he was a really good dude but that's my favorite story of him and i was thinking about that so i was gonna tell you that funny story so um uh, speaking of pussy <laughs> <laughs> not words i ever thought i'd hear come out of adam's mouth but okay. <laughs> oh honey no um no there's a it, it, if there are you guys ever familiar with that uh it was a sketch comedy show called the whitest kids you know i've heard yes. of it but i haven't watched it so yeah. it was, was kind of like kids in the hall but blue blue comedy uh just go to YouTube and Google Pussy Salad. And it should be the person that pops up. It's it's hilarious. But 
That's all I'm gonna say. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to because it's one of the greatest things you will ever see in your life. Uh, yeah, and and totally Google that while on on company time because that'll uh, that'll end well, <laughs> and not with you being fired at all. Hey, I, uh, you do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so jumping into first issue of DMZ, as Todd started to duck into a little bit, this basically establishes how our friend um, Matty uh, Roth ends up in the DMZ. So he's an intern. Um, he gets this gig somehow, and so this is the first group of, um, uh, uh, of reporters going into, uh, into New York. And um, and as we know, we are in the middle of a, a war, and and so um, and then of course as they're landing, um, shit goes sideways. The helicopter gets shot down, and then uh, Maddie ends up being uh, the only survivor. Um, at least to his understanding, he's the only survivor because the things blow up, and he doesn't know what's going on. Um, and he ends up. Uh, is this where he ends up meeting uh, the doctor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he ends up meeting a former med student who basically has stayed in the city and is kind of running around making house calls and helping people out and that kind of thing. Um, but they basically come through after she's pulled him out. They come through. Uh, the, the government is uh, uh, he's trying to get a, get a way out, and they the government basically comes in and start and destroys everything there. And so it's like one of the first times I think in the story that you start getting the impression that the government necessarily isn't on the up and up. And like there's. I think I think it's safe to say throughout the entire book. I don't feel like um, reading it. You ever feel like one side is completely good? You know what I mean? Like both sides have mm-hmm. their good points, both sides have their bad points. Um, but you always kind of feel like there really isn't anybody to trust there, except for the people who are in the DMZ. And even then, that's sometimes kind of iffy. Um, uh, but yeah, does anybody? I mean, anybody have any thoughts on, on as we jump in and that? Our first little story. I mean, it really is kind of more of a, a setup story as to how we get into things, and then it starts. I mean, I think from here on out, although there is an overall through line, a lot of stuff sort of jumps in and covers little um, side tangent stories and things like that, and you sort of get like a sense for um, what life is like for these people in there, um, and you have some interesting little story ideas and some things like that that are uh, are actually pretty fun and you know that kind of thing. But yeah, has anybody got any any thoughts on that? You know, looking at this. Uh... With the way it is set up as an embedded journalist, it allows him to tell the stories of the people. So much as Brian was saying here, it is it goes in and out, and a lot of these stories could even be to- told in different orders, and it works mm-hmm. just fine. So I do enjoy that. One of the things, though, it is interesting, I want to talk about the art a little bit by Ricardo, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, uh, anything else, it reminds me a lot of Derek Robertson's work in um, Transmetropolitan. With okay. a lot of the way that it is drawn, so it is very um, full, and it's got a very pencily feel to it, and it's a grittiness. A lot of the um, establishing shots almost feel like you're looking at it through a drone's camera, as much as anything else, or a spy cam. I guess drones weren't as popular as they are now then. And then, but it's a, um, it's not pretty. I mean, they see a lot of things, and it's there's nothing soft about any of it. It's not pretty about any of it, and it's like this place has gone through hell, and it's just kind of filled with crags and jagged edges everywhere. I rather enjoy the art, but yeah, I, I enjoy it as well. And I mean, you did compare it to Derek Roberts's work in Transmetropolitan, which is one of my favorite books um, series of the last you know 20 years or so. Probably might be older than that now. I do feel like this book, color-wise, is actually a little bit of a richer palette. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt like Transmetropolitan was a little muted, um, you know, on the whole. Like it's almost like it was almost pastel-y at times. 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, I feel like this is actually kind of, it's a little bit darker, a little more rich. It has some fun stuff. It also has, um, in certain sections, especially on some of the covers and things like that, it has a graphic quality that I feel is sort of similar to some of the work you see from Jock as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it has some fun stuff that way. And then when you get into, um, there's some later issues, which actually I guess we're not going to cover in this anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some stuff that uh, that actually has a very much sort of a, a jock feel. There's a issue 12 is essentially sort of like, it almost feels like, I'm assuming it must have been like an annual, which is, this is jumping way far ahead. But it's sort of like a summary of different people he's met and the different areas that he's been in and that kind of stuff. And it's sort of like a, I'm assuming that as you read through the story, it's at a point that you could go back and reference and say, you know, oh yeah, this is you know where we meet these people. This is where we meet those people, and you know it might be a, a frame of reference as to which group is where. But that's that's definitely further down the line. Um, but yeah, the art is is amazing. Yeah, one of the things I, I latched on to more again, the art was it was definitely an arresting style, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to see uh, if the artist is done what other stuff he's done that I've read because it looked really familiar. I think he might have done possibly some issues of Cross because it seems like I've seen that kind of artwork before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, the the trans metropolitan I haven't I haven't read yet but you should yeah, it's we'll, a fun book when it's on our <laughs> list we'll we'll probably get to it we'll eventually get to it. After. <laughs> yeah uh, I just you know it's I, I I try not to be political on here but everything that's happening in the story it feels like it's America five years from now and that's kind of oh, scary yeah. um, because you know just the the rhetoric and the divide and everything that's happening in this country is so you know like I was telling someone else like yeah I could, I'm, I'm Facebook all posts memes and bullshit, but most of it's just for fun. But there's such hatred and just ugh, derision out there for anyone who doesn't have your same point of view that it's almost like we've gotten to a point where we're too worried about proving you wrong than explaining why I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, or even trying to have empathy. And that's and this just plays out on here. Like, everything from the way the government handles things, uh, the, the, the way the media is twisting everything around. I mean, you could say Liberty News is kind of like uh, their version of Fox News. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and, and when it comes down to it, you know, it's the people in the middle, the people in the DMZ, uh, you know, when Matty gets there, he's like, like, oh yeah, we were told like you eat squirrels and rape babies and do all this horrible stuff. And Z, the, the, uh, uh, the doctor, like he mm-hmm. helps been helping around. He's like, dude, we're the normal people. We're the ones surviving, getting by. And yes, there are, there's some violence and yes, there are places that are dangerous to go alone. Um, like, yeah, it was when they were having dinner on the, on the roof when he's like, oh my God, you've got like, good food up here. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we grow it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that just, it's it's so perfectly parallels life right now because you've got the, the free state and the America on either, either extreme and the normal person is caught in the middle and their lives are turning to shit because of what the extremes are doing. So yeah, that's that's my political soapbox. Uh, but I, I think it's something, a great book anyone should read who's even remotely interested in that kind of political stuff. Not just for that, but like you said, it's amazing art. It's a fantastic story. Uh, you know, I, I tore through 12 issues in about an hour. I mean, I yeah. just couldn't mm-hmm. stop reading. What is interesting with this is this um, first trade was released a decade ago. Yeah. Well, and that's part of a conversation I had um, with a, uh, a friend of mine recently where um, I was discussing the fact that one of the things I do find interesting about comics and one of the things doing the show I've kind of um, come to realize is that comic books is a medium that can be incredibly um, prophetic, I think, to a certain extent. I don't know if that's quite the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's a lot of times where I've read a comic book or I've looked at something, and you look at it, and it's more. I've, I've seen more comics that were ahead of their time in understanding what's going on in culture and politics 
um, than you know maybe other forms of entertainment. You know, and it maybe it's maybe it's the speed at which it's able to move or that kind of thing. But this does, I mean, it does feel very, I mean, although it is a decade old, I mean, and this was written partially as a reaction to 9-11, mm-hmm. but it did see where that potential divide could come through. And you are kind of seeing, you know, even now, it's almost a slightly terrifying read at this point in time now because you could see where this would happen. And that actually sort of leads me into my cocktail. So I'm going to drop this in here um, because, you know, things are uh, a little bit rocky or, or more than rocky between the two uh to uh, sides, um, I am, and, and, and you know there are dark clouds uh, forming. I'm going to go with the uh, dark and stormy, which is a lovely cocktail that I enjoy significantly. But we haven't done the show. It's uh, basically two ounces of um, dark rum, um, and half an ounce to a quarter or to three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, and about four ounces of uh, ginger beer. Um, and uh, so I mean it's sort of like a Moscow Mule, which is very popular now, but with rum. Um, but it's a it's a great little cocktail way easy to make at home um and nice to relax with and you don't have to put too much thought into it so it is uh, one of my favorite things so 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 issue one mm-hmm. um just sort of really just sets up the city uh well yeah. and, and yeah. really and, and, uh, not even really in the city just sort of like here's this guy he's now in the city let's see what happens next kind of a thing mm-hmm. and um the kind of once again as brian said it was a Shock or a sort of uh, reaction to 9 11. And one of the first images that we see, it's on what, like page three or four, is uh, there's a a poster that Maddie's looking at, and underneath it, someone has written, Every day is 9 11. Yeah. And um, once again, what a a crazy, weird idea, um, you know, that's happened. Anyway, um, and the story takes place in Manhattan. Manhattan um, is the, you know, it's it is the DMZ, and so I'm just going to. And it's become a place that only of only locals, and that's something that really Z um, expresses that you know this is this is a locals only place. Everybody knows everybody. You can't just come in here and start snapping pictures. You can't just you know start talking to people. People know who everyone is, and when you're new. They'll, you know, they, you know, they know, and as and, kill you. <laughs> and, and then throughout the story, we we really find that um, as Maddie is settling in, and once again, this goes past um, this book and into the fur- further issue because I bought the first twelve issues not knowing how far we was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And and um, as and as you like really get into the story, um, Maddie does become a local. Everybody knows who he is, and at, and as he explores the city, people know who this reporter is. They Everyone knows who there's the reporter and why, why his press pass is so important, which does come into play. Um, mm-hmm. It actually it, it that that is in this trade uh, that's yes, issue number yes, five. Yes. Um, and so I'm gonna rename this employees only Manhattan to uh, a locals only Manhattan, and um, it's one and a half ounce of rye whiskey, uh, one one and three four one and three fourths. God, this is a this is a hipster cocktail. <laughs> one it's a vintage forks, cocktail. Sweet vermouth, um, uh, half an ounce of Grand Marnier, and some. Oh God, I can't even. I I should have looked at this cocktail recipe better. I just go off names, people. I'm sorry. I just go off names. <laughs> I don't look at the actual things. Um, but it's. Angostura bitters. Once again, I'm gonna send this to Brian. He's gonna put it on our website. Yeah, <laughs> yeah y'all, y'all make that shit and enjoy. Um, yeah, there are 
there, there are actually a few different uh, versions of, of a Manhattan, but yeah, but most of them are rye, vermouth, and bitters is basically um, what it normally so, is. Even though I want to finish, because, sorry dear listeners, I did not finish <laughs> reading all 12 issues of this book. As I said, it's been the last few days doing laundry and scrubbing stains out of shirts. Um, but I want to finish this story because I want to see how this ends. You know, I don't want to get too spoilery since we're only covering the first um, five issues. Um, but after that, I kind of, and this is also kind of jumping ahead, I kind of don't want to read anymore. Like, does that sound, <laughs> like, does that sound bad? Like, I want to finish this book because I think it's brought up some interesting things. And, you know, when you're watching a movie and you're like, mm, I could finish this or I could not. <laughs> and then like you're and then you're just at that point where it's going to be the last 30 minutes of the movie, which is you know when everything happens. You're like, "All right, I I can do 30 minutes left of this." But you're really not It's not that you care where it goes, you just want to know how it ends. And that's yeah, I gotcha. and that's kind of how I feel about this book. Now, Going, starting out, and once again, this also just might be the fact that I've read this in two hours, <laughs> and I'm kind of done for a moment. But um, you know, it, it, it it's it's kind of like it, it it is it is very engaging. The first few issues of there's this kid. Once again, you don't know anything about him. <laughs> you know that he's probably got a rich daddy because that's what uh, you know someone mentions. And, you know, they're going to this place, and you're like, ooh, this is intriguing. New York City is, uh, you know, a, 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 a demilitarized zone and all of this stuff. And, you know, just like, you know, people start dying immediately and, you know, all of this stuff. And so it is very engaging. It gets it gets you in really quickly. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to lie. The reason that I pushed through the middle parts was because I thought that we needed to read all 12 issues. <laughs> um but, no, but once again, like, as I said, now that I'm at the end, I just want to see how it ends so that way I can have closure, and then I'm kind of done. I'm out. You know, it's interesting with this kid. The first time I bought this trade pack paperback a couple of years ago, I uh, read the first one. I kind of liked it and put it down, and I was in the exact same spot you were. I think I was just in the wrong headspace for it. And then time passes, and I'm like, you know, I need to get back to this. I just keep hearing great things about it, and I was simply enthralled later on. So, but no, the first time I read it, I was not more into this level of seriousness, mine might say. And and I guess the reason that I, I say that is mm-hmm. I get a lot of like the themes and ideas in this book mm-hmm. and a lot of the movies that happen, like corrupt government, shocker. Right. Like, yeah. and, and you know, I, I get a lot of that for my movies. So I guess when I go to my comic books, I, I am the spandex and, and superpowers kind of a person. Yeah. Um, and even though that's a popular thing now in movies, I'm not always super happy with comic book movies. Um, but, like, you know, I, 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 I like that, which is also, I guess, why I'm not really reading a lot of comic books now is because I feel like they've changed and they've definitely become more what's going on in the movies and what's the next big event that we can sell and, mm-hmm. you know, what, what what can we do that's going to make Twitter go crazy. And, um, yeah, so I'm really kind of not into where comic books are right now. But this book, I, I can see why peop- why it's... People would like it. I can see why it's a good book. I mean, it's well written. I think the art, as you guys were mentioning, you know, it's not my type of art, but it definitely fits the story and really gets you in the mood and very evocative. Um, but 
this is this is not my book, but I would I would suggest if you're into sort of that more independent, gritty political intrigue um, kind of stuff, then yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I've also and in, in recently, as we've gone back and reread books that I've read, and I mean, I've, I've just. And in general, recently, like, you know, you go back and you rewatch stuff, and there's things that I've gathered from things just because my headspace has changed as I've gotten a little bit older. And then the fact, you know, like, when I was in Utah, and, you know, shortly after Utah, I thought, oh, I know, I know how the world works, and I'm, you know, whatever. And then I got out into the real world for a little while and went, I was a moron, and I had no idea what was actually going on. Um, and actually, this is a book that I think Todd been, has been recommending to me for years, being like, have you read this? It's really good. Have you read this? It's really good. Have you read this? It's really good. And finally, when I read it this week, I was like, yeah, Todd was right. This is really good. Like, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, but so we'll plow on ahead a little mm-hmm. bit. So the, the second issue, as we talked about, it, it is getting to know the neighborhood a little bit more. It's, uh, you know, uh, Z is taking him around, showing him some of the, oh, sorry. I'm, like, looking for it, and I realized I picked up the second trade, not the first, as I was flipping through it. I'm like, wait, none of this looks familiar. Okay. Now that I have the right book in front of me, hey, look at that. Um, so this is where uh, she, you know, she starts taking him around the city and showing him her neighborhood. And it... Part of the, these neighborhoods, is this the issue? Oh, actually, this does get into one of my favorite issues, actually. We'll get into this first. So part of the, the big part of the end of this issue comes down to it's two snipers um, from opposite sides who, um, they're, they're, they're from opposite sides of the war, but they have, because they're always looking each other down the barrel of a gun or the scope of a gun, they've sort of formed this relationship. Um, and they, 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 they believe that they're dating even though they've never met in person. They're two people on the opposite side of the war who are, you know, Finding love at the end of an interesting gun, which is a very interesting concept, and I, I is kind of reminds me of um, a short story I read once about the uh, the uh, the Irish uh, War um, and the IRA and whatnot, and it was about you know two snipers uh, battling it out on rooftops, and then one kills the other one and goes over to see who the sniper who he's been battling it out with for months was, and it turns out that it was his brother, and uh, you know, spoiler alert, I guess. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, so I mean, I did I kind of like this concept of you know these these people doing their jobs, you know, which which is horrific and that they need to be killing people, but they have a, you know, they have a mutual respect and they found, you know, love and have found ways to communicate and kind of have this relationship that has evolved through the scope of a rifle, which I kind of thought was, was really fun and really cool. Um, well, and was it just me or was it at the end, I, I think it was the book after that, uh, it looked like that the other person had been killed. Oh, did I miss that? Uh, let me yeah, find it's it, it, it's it's at the end of um, five before because um, he's just sort of like going over like all the different. Oh no, not the end of five. The it's the end of the first sort of um, story arc. It's the end of three when he's talking about oh you know I'll worry about what happens tomorrow and it just sort of goes through the two people that he's met and it definitely. And you see where he's uh, looking through his scope, and you see where the other sniper was. Yeah, and you see it's, it's definitely blood. Oh, oh yeah. Because once again, he aired that story about them, uh-huh. and um, and so I think the implication is that oh, it's one of these snipers. So, and I'm pretty sure there aren't too many female snipers. So, so they probably were like, oh, it's probably her. Boom. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And once again, I think that's the implication there. I had missed that. That is a really interesting point. Yeah, because I, 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 when I caught that, that was like, I was, it, it took me aback for a second mm-hmm. because it was such a, it, you know, it was a small part of the story, but it was, a, like you said, a very intriguing idea. And then it was like, oh, shit, like that. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It just, it, it just really struck me as like one of the 
for me, was like a really big moment in the series. Again, it's just one panel. Yeah, but, but I did, I, I did like this idea of, of, of these people. And then at the end of this issue is when um, he ends up uh, getting some information, and he's going to the other side of town for what is his military pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and when he goes downtown, um, he, he sees like like he basically sort of gets cornered into a building, and there's. Um, a military group that comes in and like so he's sort of stuck between the two sides and um and before he's able to really get out um he sort of he's you know the front lines of all these people and that's kind of where he goes and talks about all the people he's met and and what sort of happened to them and you know if he's gonna kind of hang out and stay and that's kind of where he makes that decision that he's gonna stick around for a while and keep reporting because it's important and then that comes up with the line of, um, I'll worry what happens tomorrow. Kind well, of it's all right. On mine is part when she's showing around and showing how people living as locals have their own rooftop restaurants and everything's still functioning. Yeah. Yeah, as, um, a bit from my alcohol drink, I'll just insert it here, is I'm doing a gin and juice. Um, a bit <laughs> okay. of the idea behind it is as the Deep DMZ, dog. yeah. But finding a bit and just making do with what they have, but they are have rooftop gardens they've talked about and growing things. So, or they find stores in a bodega of fruit juices or something making do. So oftentimes gin and juice can be a thing of making do. So the classic gin and juice I'm drinking today is a uh, using uh, two ounces of a London dry style gin with a little bit of lime juice and a bit of um, grapefruit juice and some simple syrup. Wow, that's a fancy gin and juice. Yeah, it is. Well, it is New York. (laughs) (laughs) It is Manhattan. Oh, okay. It's the fancy gin and juice. I will say, I kind of wanted to discuss this a little bit. I also recently, I got caught up on the um, Walking Dead comics. I was a little bit behind on on those trades, and so I was reading that. And one of the things that this community kind of reminds me of is in The Walking Dead in that sort of that post-apocalyptic people sort of band together kind of idea. And I felt like this, these neighborhoods kind of had the similar idea of, you know, these groups of people who were making do and kind of tossed together and they wouldn't necessarily have been a community before the war, but because of, you know, the terrible circumstances that they're under, they sort of all band together and did what they can to help each other out. And that's, and, you know, and they find purpose and, um, and uh, importance in, uh, in, you know, taking care of each other. And I, I feel like that's a similar concept between this and, and walking dead um, that uh, that they both have. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to bring up a bit that it establishes in here why like why doesn't the military just flatten the whole island is there was an agreement across both sides that much of Manhattan buildings are um, worth preserving no matter what. So you still mm-hmm. have the Statue of Liberty, the Empire State Building still standing, the Flatiron Building is still there. And it's the idea when all of this is over, some of this preservation is still here to come in, which allows for everything to take place instead of because they could just carpet bomb and be done with it but that set up a lot prevents that from occurring and speaking of uh, carpet bombing Manhattan that actually brings me to perfectly to my drink uh, <laughs> it's actually called uh, bombed out Manhattan <laughs> <laughs> so it worked perfectly uh, it's it's, it's uh, very much like your Long, Long Island iced tea so you've got vodka, gin, rum, triple sec, tequila, uh, but then you're going to add sweet and sour, orange juice, pineapple juice, and cranberry juice in equal parts. So it's kind of like a Long Beach iced tea meets a Long Island iced tea with fancier juices in it. So Okay. Hoity yeah. toity as that may be. And it'll get you drunk. It'll get you drunk. It is Manhattan. We have to do it in style. So moving on. So then the next one we get to, which I thought was kind of an interesting sequence, is the, the ghost uh, people, which basically like this group that... Um, has, it's trying to protect the environment in the middle of a war. Basically, they've uh, 
They've encased um, the zoo and are taking care of the animals there. They're trying to protect the trees in um, uh, um, uh, Central Park, you know, and it's, it's sort of interesting thought of, you know, same way Todd was talking about preserving of the buildings. Uh, these people are trying to preserve the environment and the animals and all that kind of stuff in a war-torn area, which kind of uh, reminds me of... Uh, was there was a story during the Iraq War of um, them reporting that uh, like the, the the museums had been looted by soldiers and whatnot, and what had actually happened is is that they had moved all the fine art out of the out of the museums out to secret locations so they wouldn't be destroyed in the middle of a war. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a similar idea, of like you know people trying to people although they're in the middle of a war torn area, they're trying to protect you know the the things that are were probably important to them before mm-hmm. um, the war started and they want to preserve it so that it will still be there when they get back you know or when the when when normal life returns i guess i should say cuz they're not going anywhere it's a nice little snapshot of different peoples with different motivations of what keeps them going mhm well that's what a lot of the mm-hmm. story is is just what motivates people to keep going uh, especially early on as as you get into some of the later issues as, as Q has read uh, much to his chagrin, um, it starts to deal with you know a little more of the overall political ramifications of the two armies and that kind of stuff. But a lot of these early episodes um, and issues in this all kind of revolve around different groups of people doing different sort of sort of things. Um, and then that kind of leads us up to um, issue five, which is uh, across town, where basically the one thing that's keeping um, our main character safe is the fact that he has this jacket with press painted on it so that people know that he's the he's press and that he's um uh you know not to be touched essentially well his jacket and his stuff gets stolen and so he's chasing after this guy all the way across the city um trying to get his jacket back and eventually leads him all the way up to um the bridge and the tunnel that leads to jersey where the other army actually is and that's becomes kind of his first encounter with the um uh First encounter with the, uh, the pre-states, yeah, with the pre-states, um, and uh, and that group of people, you know, and and that kind of army in there, sort of. Uh, did, does he go and talk to them in this? Well, the the guy is just out front and just mm-hmm. says, "Hey, no, yeah. we know who you are, and we know that that's your jacket." So once yeah. again, this just goes to show that not only do they know who he is, they know what he looks like. Yeah. So you know, they they definitely know who this guy is. So they're like, no, no, to this other kid who sold stuff. It's like, hey. Give him back his jacket, or I got five guys right here who's gonna kill you. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was. It was good. I guess an okay way to introduce the free states. You kind of. You kind of heard about them as the bad guys. They were kind of the monsters under the bed. The mm-hmm. whole up to it. Um, I, I did feel though that that was the weakest part of this whole trade. Like I just, I wasn't that interested in that. Really, I, I really, I like that because once again, because they were like the villains. I think it just. It first just showed that it, because it was like, even though they're they're kind of portrayed as like oh hey you know they're they're still kind of cool you still they're still ominous because to me it was like lost when lost was good in the first two seasons. Um, oh no, that part, I, I like that part. I just didn't give a rat's ass about the whole chase. Oh well, <laughs> but but the, I I guess and for me you know. I, I love old war movies, um, and by old war movies, I mean for the boys starring Bette Midler. And, um, but but um, it, it really it, like USO and like press and stuff like that and during war. Like it it is something like people really not not people but like 
it is something when, when it's like, dude, no, we're press. I'm a medic. I'm, you know, and so to him, it's like, that's his, that's his, that's his livelihood. If he doesn't have that, some, he could literally just get shot by a random person. Like, mm-hmm. when, you know, as he's tr- tr- transversing through, transversing, that's not a word. I apologize. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I've just had vodka. Um, <laughs> And so to me, I've I that that was actually one of the more like I knew he was he was gonna get it back, but at the same time I I was like, ooh, what's he gonna have to do to go get his 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 stuff back? Because that is it is important. He's got to have that stuff, or also no one's gonna listen to him because as he was saying, everyone knew who the reporter was, but no, you know, and those who were like, oh, are you looking for the reporter? I, he just ran that way when you know he's the reporter. But it was when he got to the free states, and they went, no, no. no. We know you're not him. Give, give, give him his jacket back. I, I, I really like that. Ooh, I'm gonna make you suck a dick for that press pass. <laughs> I mean, listen, that would have made the story way more interesting. <laughs> well, th- um, there is actually time later on, but with the chick. So. Yeah, I know. I, when I was flipping, so what, before I read a book, I like flip through to just to. Like, not spoilers, but, like, is there anything major that's going to happen so I'm not, like, super shocked by it? And that was something that I flipped by. I'm like, oh, bad life choices, Maddie. Bad life choices. <laughs> well, one of the things, uh, speaking of the other army, this kind of reminded me of is, um, and, like, I, once again, I'll go back to it. I, in, in some of the more recent issues of The Walking Dead, um, there has there's, there's a different group that arises because that's the way The Walking Dead works. There's always a different group that comes in and is causing trouble and whatnot. And um, they have Negan locked up in the basement. Spoiler alert for Walking Dead, even though, you know, sorry. But uh, but one of the things is Rick actually goes to him for advice at one point in time. And one of the things he kind of talks to him about is the fact that sometimes to lead people, you have to have a villain. To be able to manipulate them into doing what you need them to do, you have to have a boogeyman to control it. And, and throughout the course of this book, you really see how um, specifically the, the American side is using the free states as um, the boogeyman. I don't know... In my mind, in what I've read, I don't recall you seeing that as much from the free state side, but you got to imagine that's also happening. But um, you do see kind of a little bit of how, you know, part of what is manipulating these things or making these people, you know, believe in the cause is that they're told that, you know, oh, these other guys, they're bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is bad, this is good, this is, I mean, and, and how that's kind of being portrayed in the press and how things are being manipulated that way. So seeing as how I read further into the book, something that did frustrate me as I was reading the first couple of issues is well, what started this war? Which, aside from uh-huh. New Jersey, which ones are the free states? Which, you know, what is the, like, who who is the bad guy? Who are the people? And it's not until much later into this story that you find out who they are. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, it, it, if I only had the first five issues, I'd be like, well, yeah, but but who are the bad guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who are aside from people from New Jersey who are always the bad guys? Look at you, Christy. <laughs> like, like who, like who are the people? Yeah, and it, so. it does go into that. It does say that it started in Montana, and then it. They also discuss the fact that it's sort of a sporadic kind of war that there. Are, hotspots here and there, but it's not like, you know, one country started in the middle and marched to the sea. It just seems to be that New York is kind of where a major battleground has taken place, um, you know, or where basically battles have either been decided or kind of sort of ceased or, you know, everywhere else or just never happened. And, and then, you know, the land between New York is where the two, two places kind of collided. Um, 
and uh, you know that's that's kind of where that ends up happening. So mm-hmm. well, and they kind of ex- they kind of explain later on, and again, this is uh, I think it was issue eleven. It was it was kind of a one shot that tells uh, Z's backstory mm-hmm. um, that it was because the government because we were fighting what three wars on three different continents and everything else that this uprising for the free states of America kind of happened and. <clears throat> By the time we actually got everything back here, like, and the government could make a stand, uh, the movement had reached New York, and that's why it was everything kind of fell apart there. Okay. Well, um, I mean, that that kind of covers it for the most part. Does anybody? I mean, before we start getting into reviews and thoughts, does anybody have any other topics they want to jump in on? No. I mean, I kind of gave my review earlier. Like once again, I want to finish the story because I think I've put in the time and effort to wrap up these twelve issues, but I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't keep reading. It's also one of those um, TV shows kind of for me where it's like you know you know that the, when the writer starts out they've got a story in mind and they know how to wrap up their first sort of thought and then you're just like well yeah but then what are you going to do after that? Like, mm-hmm. and, and this also isn't one of like a, a limited series type thing or like a movie where it's like you know it's going to wrap up nice in the end. Like I don't think at the end of the story that the Civil War is going to be over and that everyone is going to be living peacefully in the United States. So if this isn't like a, uh, I'm trying to think, like a, a Total Recall kind of movie where there's like this uh, malevolent, corrupt force and there's the good guy who's standing up to them and they're, the bad guys are exposed and then, you know, everything kind of like gets happier. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, well, yeah, but how is this going to continue aside from just, yeah, it sucks living in New York. Like, the war is bad. People, innocent people are going to continue to die. Yeah, like, so, mm-hmm. anyway, so th- th- that's how I feel about it. I honestly think if you are into that kind of stuff, pick up this book. Like, if the, uh, se- seriously, and obviously there are people who who are into it, and I, I, I'm not... You know, I, I, I'm not saying that it's good, that it's a bad thing to like these things. It's just not for me. Well, and I, and I, I mean, I'll just kind of jump in with my review. I actually really did quite like this book, um, and I, I kind of, I can see your point. But I, I also, from what I've read, I feel like I can see sort of an overarching idea of this becoming a discussion um, or exploring the media's involvement in war and how uh, governments manipulate the media in order to. Um, you know, rally support for their side or how they're manipulating the facts and things like that. And that's some of the stuff you start to see um, in the next issue. Um, I think the first three issues are kind of a nice overarching storyline by itself. Then it kind of, it stalls a little bit as it starts kind of jumping in on a few things. And I've noticed it kind of does that a little bit. It's like, it'll, we'll, it'll do like three issues of a storyline and then we'll kind of do an issue two stalling and then it will do like another little storyline, overarching storyline. Um, the next overarching storyline uh, ends up dealing with uh, a hostage situation. Um, uh, which I, we, I, I won't spoil it here just in case since we only said we were going to cover the first five issues um, but there's an overarching storyline there and then it kind of does that flashback thing and, and like a little bit of a, a stutter there so like I feel like there's a kind of there's still this overall um, exploring of the war and media but then it kind of has like these little individual stories there so I don't know necessarily how it's going to end um, I do have uh, I have enough interest in it that like actually I had enough interest in the first trade that before I knew we were, like some of us thought we were going to be reading 12 issues I had bought uh, the second trade to continue reading, and then today when we're texting back and forth, and Q says, "Oh, we're doing the first twelve issues," I was like, "Oh shit!" So I came home and read <laughs> second, uh, second six. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, but so I mean, I've enjoyed it. I would continue reading it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not necessarily for everybody, and uh, in some ways, it's uh, it feels a little too accurate to what's going on in our world right now. Um, so uh, that that can be a hair depressing if you if you get your head into it a little too much. Um, but uh, I would say comparatively, one of the things I, I read um, reviewing this was that it, it kind of filled the hole because um, it came out around when um, Why the Last Man, which was a series that I loved as well. When that ended, you know, some of the reviews I read were like, well, DMZ can kind of fill that hole a little bit. I don't think it's quite to the level of Why the Last Man, but I do feel like if you like the comic book series of, uh, of The Walking Dead, this, I feel like, is kind of an interesting, has some interesting similarities. And I feel like if you like The Walking Dead, you would probably have a good time with this book. You'd probably enjoy it just fine. Um, uh, I, I do see some similar similarities there on, on multiple levels as to what, the way some of those things uh, end up panning out. And that might just be because I was reading both of them at a similar time, um, but uh, it, it definitely seemed to have some connection there. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that will, I think that's sort of my review in a nutshell. Um, Adam, what, what are your thoughts? start over or give me something I'm not interested in uh, but yeah the, the political undertones in this uh, are so prevalent right now in the US and the way politics are going right now uh, it's an important story to tell it's, it's a it's a cautionary tale of what could happen if you let rhetoric get the best of you so uh, definitely something I think everyone should check out uh, if, if you just want to you know get the first trade things like 10 bucks on comicsology. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even less, uh, just to read the first couple issues to see, you know, this is where we could be headed. So, pull your heads out your asses, and you know, don't, don't vote for Trump. Remember, we all just need to keep talking. So, just keep yeah, talking. Talk, when just you stop talking, talking, that's when the real problems happen. Just keep talking. Keep talking. Just keep talking. <laughs> so, okay, Todd. Well, you were the one who recommended this. I did recommend this. Okay. Um, DMZ, it is the America Civil Second Civil War, as some of the advertisements around it. Um, advertisement. It's been a long day, man. <laughs> a really long day. I woke up at like 4.35 this morning, so... Yes, but... I really do enjoy this book. You know, as comic books go, I'm a bit more of an indie guy. I'm not so much Marvel guy or DC guy in that real life go more independent. Vertigo was really my first love and I discovered some Vertigo and I just kept going from there. 
and branched out from that as my been my perspective with comics. Um, but yeah, but DMZ it is a it's a sobering book in a lot of ways, and there isn't tight shiny pants, and it can be depressing at the same time. But it does explore the themes and stories of what could be. And it's the idea of sometimes when you see like there's war in Iraq and how bad is it? Well, it's not in my backyard. Why do I care? A bit. And this, it can bring empathy. And that is important as well. So I do enjoy it in that regard. But it is, it can be kind of a downer. It's like watching that uh, Grave of the Firefly movies. If anyone ever watches that, and you'll cry. Anyone who never cries after watching that movie, I question their humanity. Donald Trump didn't cry at the end of that movie. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But watching it, though, is it with humanity, it does remind us of the humanity we still have, and even in trying times, it can be there. And how people will keep plugging away and just not stop when it seems like why don't you just give up and they're like because tomorrow's another day and that's nice and with uh, DMZ and Hull it's 72 issues he was originally thinking between 60 and 72 and the story is complete and the um, I won't spoil how it ends but it does end and the storylines are all pretty much answered in this regard so it is um, nice that it doesn't just dissipate into the air but yeah, it can be a bit of heavy reading, so balance that out by reading. Um, I guess my I'll do one for my recommendation on the side is I reread Battle Pope by... I love that book. Yes, <laughs> Battle Pope by Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead. And it's a story of the rapture happens, and the Pope, the Catholic Pope, and a bunch of other people are still on Earth, and he's got a somewhat special Jesus that doesn't quite have all its marvels there, helping him out. But it's hilarious read. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's basically like there was everybody all the good people let, went up and then everyone else who's left is just sort of like left there and, and God suddenly starts to kind of feel like he needs to take a little bit of responsibility. And so he gives they had a really bad Pope <laughs> um, who um, you know was was drinking and smoking and whoring around and he, he's like a Pope with a cigar all the time. Well, God kind of gives him a little bit of superpowers, and he gets to go fight hell, which is, of course, a very large evil corporation at this point in time. Um, I might work for them. You never know. And um, and so, yeah, so that's that's kind of what the story is. But I, I do love that book a lot, but it is highly offensive if you are religious. Yeah, don't do that. But it is, it's lighthearted in a lot of ways, and it's just funny. So this it's is that's funny. quite the uh, antidote if you're feeling all depressed about DMZ. Read Battle Pope, <laughs> and then you'll come out just fine. Like God, wait, we were we weren't raptured, but we're, we're Catholics on the Pope. What yeah. was the current religion? Oh, let me see. That would be uh, the Mormons. <laughs> yes, the Mormons with the current religion. <laughs> God bless so you, Speaking Trey of Parker. lighthearted fun, my recommendation this week, which after listening to a bunch of our podcasts, I'm like, I never have recommendations. I never, don't. <laughs> I never think that far ahead. But I do this week. Um, uh, a friend of Brian and I's. Uh, and uh, well, really, her husband released an EP this week. Uh, he has a, a band oh, yeah. out uh, called the the Rebel and or Rebel in a Basket Case, and their song yeah. "Oh Yeah" is so infectious. I freaking love it. It's just like, oh yeah, I freaking love it. It's just like '80s pop synth delightfulness. The other two songs on the EP are super fun. Um, 
And for for those of you who who are also a little bit like me, and when someone famous releases something, you just have to like check it out. <laughs> um, the other member, so Zach Villa is um, our friend Amy's husband, who is a uh, who's one half of this duo. The other half is Evan Rachel Wood of True Blood, uh, Mildred Pierce. Um, 13. I'm trying to think of what other big name things. She also she was kind of famous for a while for dating Marilyn Manson. Yeah, she dated day. Marilyn Manson for a while. Oh, yeah, and, was, um, across the, uh, across the universe. Um, she's the other half of this. They met while doing a uh, John Hughes inspired musical. Um, and I'm assuming they played the rebel in the basket case. Yeah, so what it. I, 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 I'm not knowing this for certain, but because, I mean, I, Zach lives out here in California and I've run into them several times. Um, he were, there's a theater company out here who does uh, they call them for the record or on the record or something like that and they basically do cabarets of soundtracks to movies or stuff like that and so they did a John Hughes evening he also went and he did one in uh, Vegas which was all Baz Luhrmann stuff um, and he did that as well but yeah I believe that's where they met was yeah. doing so, uh, the John Hughes anyway uh of course Hello. the fucking phone rings is the <laughs> 1987 <laughs> And you're welcome, America. Um, <laughs> Ghostbusters, what do you want? But, yeah, uh, but uh, Rebel in a Basket Case, the single is called Oh Yeah. Go go give it a listen. It's super fun. Yeah, it is fun. And the, there, there's a music video on YouTube. If you want to oh my gosh, the music video is so fun. <laughs> uh, see, Adam, did you Adam, did you give us a, a recommendation? Um, no, I actually do have a recommendation, though. So it's, it's not comic-related, uh, but... Uh, just a couple days ago, uh, Netflix dropped a new uh, original series called Stranger Things. Uh, it's eight episodes. This is like every single amazing <clears throat> 80s movies we loved as kids went and had a love child with Steven Spielberg, and they made a TV series. Um, it's like, it's parts E.T., it's part uh, Close Encounters, third time. It's kind of like, it's got a creepy, cool synthesizer type uh, soundtrack. It's it's very reminiscent of Super 8, so you saw that. It's kind of that same style. It's so much fun. It's only eight episodes. We've watched all but two in the last two days. Uh, but uh, with no writers in it, she, she hasn't done anything for a while, so I think she went and stole the script and then demanded to be in it. Uh, but no, it, it's fantastic. It's some of the most fun I'm having on... Uh, on TV right now, so I'm very, very glad I have some time off so I can watch it. Uh, fantastic, and I was trying to think if I had any recommendations, to be honest with you. I've read a shit ton this week, but I think most of it has been me catching up on stuff I had um, in the past, like, I've been continuing reading. Um, I read uh, the most recent trade of Sex Criminals, which if you haven't read that, that's a fun book um, about, uh, I don't know if we've recommended on this book or not before, but basically it's about um, these uh, uh it's about this girl who uh, realizes that when she orgasms, um, time stops, and so she yes. ends up uh, her, and then she finds a guy who time the same would thing be happens. Stopping up. all of the time. Exactly. So what ends up happening is is that, um, and it basically time stops until you are ready to go again, until you have recovered, sort of thing. And so what happens is she her circumstances going on and they're shutting down her book uh, or her library that she loves and and so her and her new boyfriend end up going and having sex in public and while time has stopped they start robbing banks um, and then you know of course they're not the only ones who have this power and there's this political struggle and people trying to uh, you know keep the power secret or keep people in line and that kind of stuff but it's a, a fun book and I just read um, The Third Trade which I think is called like Threesome or something like that hold on it's right there I'll grab it 
It is called oh, it's called Three the Hard Way is the the most most recent train of it. But it is uh, it's by Matt Fraction and uh, Chip Zardaski, um, who uh, Chip Zardaski also wrote um, the Howard the Duck comic that I absolutely loved um, a couple weeks ago. Um, so yeah, so but he's the artist on Sex Criminals, um, and it's actually very fun. So we'll say that that is my recommendation for the week. Um, next week. We are going to be reading um, Batman Hush, um, which it's been a little while since I've read it, so I looked it up on uh, on the Amazons for a review. It's basically a, a story in which Batman sets out to discover the identity of a mysterious mastermind who is using the Joker, Ridd- Riddler, Raja Gould, and the Dark Knight's other enemies and allies as pawns to try to wreak havoc. It also has an appearance from... Uh, from Superman in the book as well. So when I heard that they were doing uh, Superman versus Batman, I always thought, well, they should just do Hush. That'd be far more fun. But I don't think Superman's in it as much as I probably remember it. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so I think that'll do it for this week. Um, unless anybody else has some final parting thoughts or uh, words of wisdom or anything like that. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. Ooh, gonna suck your dick off. <laughs> There you go. Uh, cool. So uh, you can find us on uh, funnybooksandfirewater.com and is spelled out. Um, it has links to all of our social media. We are uh, on all sorts of uh, social medias that Old Man Q is not uh, privy to, including Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr. Tumblr and Grinder account. And, uh, and <laughs> a Grinder account. Yeah. What's the Instagrams? Um, what do you kids do the on the Instagrams? Uh, it's where grandparents uh, send pictures of their grandchildren. Oh, that's, uh, oh, that's, that's lovely. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, it's Instagrams as in grandma. I'm going to start a Pokemon Go account for us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just for uh, keeping time. Yes. Yay. Um, hey, I added a lot to my Pokedex yesterday at work. It was awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, where, where I work is right between two... Uh, points and so I can just basically sit there and collect uh, I, I've seen pictures day. and I want to go visit yes it's fun oh have you seen pictures of all the different uh, <laughs> oh they're everywhere yeah it's ridiculous it's so crazy anyway um, aside from that uh, yeah wow random side note tangent uh, where were we at oh so um, yeah and then you know if you can like us give us a good review on whatever you download this from that is fantastic uh, tell your friends tell you know whatever just you like the show we're trying to build it and give it some momentum and you know let people know about us and you know that kind of stuff so uh yeah uh, until then we hope you have a great week um and don't forget to uh tip your bartender and please support your local comic shop and i did that backwards but i'm gonna leave it the same so uh have a good week y'all talk to you later <laughs>